of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. As always, delighted to be sitting with you today. Great show. Great show. All of the things that you're supposed to be talking about that you're not talking about, we're going to talk about. Because we need to talk about them. And I know you know exactly what I mean. That was weird, and it totally worked. I know. Catherine Engelbrecht from True the Vote is joining us. Our number two. Do not miss this interview because... What we need to be talking about is completely 2024, every single election from here on out, and a very significant lawsuit that she, Catherine, and Greg Phillips, her partner with uh, True the Vote, have won in the state of Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. Big stuff, okay? So if you're new to the program, remember, live stream the whole daggone thing. Wendy Bell Radio Network app. Go there, follow along. It's just like anything else. You can join the chat. We also have one and a half million folks who've downloaded our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. Enjoy you joining our ranks, if you will, and uh, and sharing it with friends. Appreciate who you are, what you do, and that you're here every single day. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all amen so the big story of the night that everybody was waiting for Ooh, jeffrey epstein jeffrey epstein's list we've got to see who was on that plane we got to know who went to that island who was with them what does it say i cannot wait and i was very unimpressed by waiting for it i i really don't think that's the story And I think the more that we walk through the news day after day, as we do, we realize that the stories that are pushed out there, this just in, are almost always smokescreens. And this story is most assuredly a smokescreen because there's so many other juicy things going on. We got to talk about how it's possible that 535 members of Congress last year made collectively a billion dollars in the stock market. Billion. A billion. 
And when I boil that down to you in the dollars and cents of the math of it all, your face will begin to melt out, will melt totally off your skin, right? Gone. I want to talk about this, though, Jeffrey Epstein. He's dead, allegedly. I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about any of this because I doubt everything. I trust no one. We're to believe that yesterday's dump of some of these names, a hundred and something names, is a big deal. Ooh, Bill Clinton's name is on that list. Is anybody out there surprised? Does anybody out there think Bill Clinton was ever a Boy Scout? No. We know he's gross. We know he's disgusting. We know he cheated on his wife. Many of us understand why that's sad to say, but it's true, right? You know what you're getting in with that. Will you be surprised if and when Bill Gates' name ever comes up? No, I mean, honestly, who's going to surprise you? Would you be surprised that the Pope is mentioned with Jeffrey Epstein? I wouldn't be. I long ago lost faith in the church and its fallible leaders. But this is very important because nothing that we learned yesterday in this, quote, breaking news is news at all. In fact, all of it was information that was already readily publicly available back in 2016. Are you surprised that Prince Andrew is again noted in these documents that were dropped yesterday? I'm not. He settled with Virginia Goofrey out of court. God knows how much money, but it was enough of a black eye to the royal family that he lost his title. Queen Elizabeth took it from him before she passed away. Who else is listed in here? Nothing of any significance. And that is the story. Dailymail.com headline. Jeffrey Epstein victim, in quotes, Johanna Joburg claims predator told her Clinton likes them young. In bombshell, newly released court documents. Well, here's a woman, a victim who was really, I don't know a victim. She was a a college student, an adult, when she apparently was ensnared at her Florida University by Jeffrey Epstein and basically hired as a prostitute, it sounds like from what I'm reading. And she says that Jeffrey Epstein told her that Bill Clinton likes his girls young. Are you surprised by that? Is this bombshell breaking news to you? Does it move your needle? Are you like, what? Of course not. They try. All of these people are trying as they're not covering the real story in Georgia. First of 187 names released January 3rd after the judge in Manhattan ruled that there was no longer any need to keep the documents secret. Now here in the second line of this article tells you everything that you need to know. All of these names were mentioned in Virginia Guffrey's 2015 lawsuit against Ghislaine Maxwell. That case was settled in 2017 and the documents were sealed. So a judge has said, well, you know what? It's been six or seven years. It's really not like anybody's privacy is being violated. Three people who don't want their identities revealed have gone to the judge and said, hey, can I have 30 days to prove to you why I don't want to be public? Okay, everybody else's name is out. There is nothing in this article except supposition and possible hyperbole. Oh my gosh, Trump's name? He was he was mentioned in these in these articles in this document dump. Yeah, because Jeffrey Epstein, when they found out that something had gone wrong with their travel plans on their plane, had said, well, maybe we'll just reroute, go back down to Florida and go or we're going to go to one of Trump's, uh, you know, casinos and we'll go gamble. That is the, the notation of Donald Trump's name and all of this. 
that Jeffrey Epstein had, had mentioned him. Oh, let's call Trump. Maybe we'll get into the casino. That's it. You know who else's name is in here? Alan Dershowitz, with nothing demonstrable proven. Nothing. Zero. Who else? Um, Stephen Hawking. Hawking. Stephen Hawking. You want to tell me that Stephen Hawking was taking advantage of the Lolita Express and the women on Epstein's Island? Come on. So what we have here is a reason for you to be really interested. Wow, did you guys hear? This is not the story. And I'm going to get down to the very bottom of the story to prove to you how much of the story this is not. All right? Front page, top line, bing, 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 big news, Jeffrey Epstein. Until you scroll all the way down, past the photos, past the little breakout pictures, most of which we've seen before, down to the very bottom. Here's a young woman who's that college student who seems to be rubbing Bill Clinton's shoulders. Okay, whatever. Oh, here she is with a picture, Bill Clinton's arm around her. Okay, all right. You guys crazy over this yet? Here we go. Scroll down, scroll down to the bottom. Ghislaine Maxwell, as we all know, serving 20 years for her role in all of this. Interesting that she's really the only one who's serving any time. Isn't that crazy? The woman who did not have sex with women, apparently, right, is the only one who is serving time for this. Okay. Ghislaine Maxwell, who in June 2022 was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison for her role in the sex trafficking ring has, quote, nothing to say about the files, according to her attorney. She has nothing to say. This is a nothing story. It is a nothing burger. It is nothing. However, the final line of this Daily Mail article about this release of documents, which is zero. Ghislaine Maxwell's attorney said the papers may disappoint many who think they will reveal a conspiracy or previously unknown names. Zero. All right. That is all of the Jeffrey Epstein talk we are going to have today. I'm not going to waste any time on it because we're not moving the needle. All of these people who are interested in this list, all of the people who want to know who's in the black book, who traveled on the Lolita Express to specifically his Caribbean island, who's mentioned in those ledgers, I would encourage all of us, instead of worrying about that, Instead of pondering the sordid life of, of Jeffrey Epstein, who was likely working with the FBI in a major blackmail ring, okay? If we're going to be honest, which is why I wonder if he's even dead, okay? Why are we not worried about the 85,000 migrant unaccompanied children who've come across our border, who our federal government has lost not only do we not know where these children are, we do not know who's with them. Are they in school or are they working in a sweatshop? Are they debeaking chickens? Are they doing laundry for a, for a Holiday Inn Express somewhere in Nowheresville, California? Who's taking advantage of them? We don't know. We have an open border with more than 7 million people invading our land since Joe Biden took office. A great many of them are vulnerable children. Vulnerable children. So I will apologize for nothing when I say to you, I don't give a rip 
about Jeffrey Epstein. I don't give a rip what the hell Bill Clinton does in his time or with whom. They meet their maker someday, ladies and gentlemen. They will have answers they will have to provide. The question I want, why does no one want to talk about Georgia? That's where we're going today, my friends. Buckle up. We're just getting started. You're tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. More right after this. So right before the show went live, I was sitting here in the radio studio frantic. I've got a second computer open. Because today is camp sign-up day for my youngest sons. This is the summer camp that is Nirvana to all of my boys. Always has been. It's it's there's something there's something about this place that is magical. And today's the day, and it's a first-come, first-served thing, and the portal opens at 9, and it's like, oh my gosh, is my password going to work? And do they have the right credit card information on file, and who do they want to be with? And did they, Right? And so I get myself into this frenzy because I know how important those two weeks away every single summer are. Literally, it is what pushes my sons 50 weeks out of the year is the mental countdown to whatever the heck happens in Ohio at this place. It is magical. It's a lot of the same kids from all over the world. One of the boys comes in from Spain. Spain! To Ohio. Okay? Why? Because there is something magical not just about the place, not just about the people or the tradition or the religion behind it or the community. It is a rite of childhood to feel joy. At the end of the day, isn't that all we ever wish for our children? To, to find joy. Something that is so elusive as you get older that is so simple there is no recipe for the secret sauce but yet everybody knows what it is and if you were to take all of the people at that camp and move them somewhere else it would all be wrong all of the pieces have to fit just the right way and year after year after year for 12 years they have you know, I look at these stories in the news. In all instances, it is adults behaving badly. It is adults who, who know better. Who, like Robert Fulgham's book says, all I ever needed to know, I learned in kindergarten. Clean up after yourself. Share. Care about your friends. Pitch in. It's not complicated. For my boys and all of these people who go to this two-week session, this camp, there is nothing simpler. And watching them get excited literally the month in advance, giddy, there is a hum, there is a buzz. I wish I could bottle that. And I wish I could give a little bottle of the secret camp sauce 
to every adult out there who lost the magic of just feeling joy. It is not hard. And yet we make it so. I would open up that bottle and I would dash a little bit on these people in our government. You would think that that joy being chosen to serve this phenomenal land, what an honor. That the idea of sullying it by caving to corruption or, or falling into the blackmail bribery scheme that we know is the swamp, that that would be so vile and reprehensible. I remember when my oldest son, Michael, was a counselor at this camp. You age out after your junior year in high school, and then you have the opportunity to come back as a counselor, and they make crap money. It's not about the money. It's about the secret sauce. And he was so upset because one of his campers brought a vape with him. There's no smoking. There's no drinking. There's no any of that. It's summer camp. And everybody knows the rules. They don't have to be spoken. They are memorized. And Michael was so disappointed. And I said to him, what did you have to do? And this was a friend of his. He said, I had to report him to the, to the director. I said, that had to be a conflict. I mean, this is a kid in the neighborhood you grew up with all your life. And you, as the same age, he's a counselor or a camper for the last time, and you've aged out to go ahead and be a counselor. You've got to blow him in. And he says, it's not hard at all, Mom. It's camp. You don't mess with camp. That's what we need more of in everything. They are elections. They, they are not to be meddled with. You don't fudge up the machines. You don't lie about who's voting. You don't try to stuff ballot boxes and then point yourself into, into a pretzel, twisting your fingers to blame everybody else when you get caught. It's off limits. That's how I feel about these monuments, these statues, these everythings that are being torn down for insane reasons. You know better. What happened to you? They lost the secret sauce. And running around and cheating on your wife and insider trading and being disgusting and lying about it causes a rot from within that ladies and gentlemen is our entire news programming today the truth that we need to be talking about it's not jeffrey epstein it's what i have next don't miss it you're tuned in to the wendy bell radio network okay so everything that you need to know today has nothing to do with Jeffrey Epstein. It has everything to do with a dump of data that I'm going to right now verbatim share with you. And where does it come from? It comes from Donald Trump. 
Do you know how many people in how many cities across this country for the last three years have been working tirelessly to investigate the 2020 election that, of course, the left and the rhino right wants us to forget? They want to make you feel guilty. They want to label you a denier. They want to call you extreme. They want to send you to to a courtroom to defend yourself for having the audacity to petition your government and to demand proof. Prove to me that Joe Biden won. Don't prove to me that Donald Trump lost. Prove to me that Joe Biden won. Because they cannot. And here's the proof. So Donald Trump released a summary of election fraud yesterday in the 2020 presidential election in all the swing states. This is all of these people from Wendy Rogers in Arizona to what Catherine Engelbrecht has been doing in Georgia to the work that Pennsylvania State Senator Doug Mastriano has done here in my Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. All of this information put together and presented to we the people. And I'm going to focus on one state because this goes on and on and on and on. There's no evidence. Well, buckle up, my friends, because that narrative is shattered. It has been often repeated there is no evidence of fraud in the 2020 election. In actuality, there is no evidence that Joe Biden actually won. Ongoing investigations in the swing states reveal hundreds of thousands of votes were altered and or not lawfully cast in the presidential election. Joe Biden needed them. On election night, November 3rd, 2020, President Donald Trump was sailing to re-election with landslide leads in numerous battlegrounds. Now, people can say, well, this is put out on behalf of Donald Trump. Of course it's going to butter it up and say that. This is irrefutable. He had landslide leads, and we all watched it go away. In Georgia, President Trump was up by 12 points. Not 12 votes, not 1,200, 12 points and over 335,000 votes with 56% of the vote at 10.17 p.m. In Wisconsin, President Trump was leading by 121,380 votes and five points at 12.12 a.m., which Fox News anchor Brett Baer noted was not a small margin. In Pennsylvania... President Trump was leading by 659,145 votes at 1238 a.m. A full 15 points. And in Michigan, Trump was leading by 293,052 votes and 10 points. What happened in the next several hours? You are not supposed to ask. Why not? Because they can't explain it away. All they have is emotion. Are you an election denier? You're part of the big lie? You're probably one of those insurrectionists. Right? Hmm. The election was over. However, 
Precincts in Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Milwaukee kept counting until the results reached their desired outcome, which was the opposite of the will of the voters. That is it. Period. Georgia went from having a total of 4.7 million votes, already a record for the state. According to Brad Raffensperger count on November 4th, they went from 4.7 million votes, but they certified 5 million. This was 300,000 more votes than what the top elections official claimed were cast in the election. How do you describe that? Ah, fuzzy math on steroids. Yeah. Getting to this result in Georgia and other states created an irredeemably compromised election filled with violations of the Constitution, unlawful ballots, widespread broken chain of custody, electronic manipulation, and missing and corrupted election files that made it uncertifiable and impossible to recreate the results. Why do you think more than a million people on a freezing cold day in January 2021 flew from as far away as Alaska to listen to the president speak at the ellipse? Because we all knew and they know we knew. President Trump was right to voice his objections to what had unfolded before the country's eyes. Republican poll watchers were denied access to the counting. In multiple jurisdictions, ballots were counted in secret in the middle of the night without media or observers present. You know exactly what that was. Countless irregularities emerged. Hi, Arizona. What? All of those ballots printed on the wrong paper? Those malfunctions on the, on the day of the election of the midterms? Or rather of the 2023 election? What? Oh, right. Since investigations across the country have uncovered an avalanche of irregularities, unlawful activity, manipulation of election records, destruction of evidence, and fraud. The findings, which are outcome determinative are detailed in the summaries of the swing states. This, my friends, is what Donald Trump has been doing since November 3rd, 2020. This is why they want him out. Not just taken off the ballot, but taken out. He has all the goods. I want to talk specifically before we welcome Katherine Engelbrecht from To The Vote to tell us about her monster lawsuit victory in Georgia. I want to speak specifically about Georgia. Georgia was called by 11,779 votes. Fulton County, the most populous county in the state, has no digital record of all in-person votes cast in its original results. How is that possible? Oops. It's sort of like all of those 
transcripts from the January 6th committee. Oh, we didn't think that those video interviews were all that relevant, so we just kind of deleted it. Oops. I don't know where that is. However did that baggie of cocaine get there on the floor of the White House? Such a mystery. Not a single ballot purportedly cast during early in-person voting was witnessed to and signed off by poll managers. Not a single one as required by Georgia election rules. Seals were broken. Memory cards were removed from the tabulators for the results of these 315,000 votes, which were printed out on different machines than the ones that tabulated them. This prevented the reconciliation of how many votes were cast by each machine. The ballot images of these votes, along with the rest of the in-person ballots cast on Election Day, were destroyed. The vote in Georgia was counted three times. The original machine count, a statewide hand recount, and a second machine count. Each time, the state and Fulton County reported three different results. Fulton County didn't count the same ballots, the same ballots during the original count and the machine recount. There are 19,541 distinct ballots that appear in one machine count, but not the other. Do, Do you guys see what this says? There's not one single damn thing that happened in Georgia that can be depended upon. And what did they do? They unleashed venom of suck in Fannie Willis to arrest and indict Donald Trump because of this. How do you like us now? Thousands of fraudulent presidential-only ballots were injected into the second machine count. How many of you only voted for president? How many of you on November 3rd, 2020, went to your polling place and you said, eh, I don't really care about governor in my place. Eh, it's treasury. Eh, who cares? I'm just voting for Joe Biden. That's all I want. I'm riding with Biden. 100%. Said nobody. Well, apparently, 19,541 people did. What does that tell you? It all is rigged. The second machine count was over 17,000 votes short. How do you lose 17,000 votes? You have too many people scrambling in those wee early morning hours of November 4th trying to get Joe Biden over the finish line. And when they thought they finally did it, they needed to destroy every iota of evidence. And then when people started asking questions, they had to come up with a narrative. And that was January 6th. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I will be here all week. The same way Jeffrey Epstein and these stories that they're trying to put out today is a smokescreen for other things, i.e. this. January 6th was a concocted fabricated, premeditated, scripted event meant specifically to draw your attention away from the theft of a presidential election. Now, if Donald Trump was up by 15 points in my state of Pennsylvania, do you really mean to tell me 
that we can believe anything about the elected leaders in my state? How about yours? You feeling confident confident now? Because I'm just getting started. There's more. Before you hear the ultimate in Katherine Engelbrecht. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Can you guys imagine I just shared with you like the first top line details in in all of the deep dive investigations auditing the votes in these swing states and I only focused on Georgia and we only focused on Fulton County, Georgia. And that's already what we've gotten. You want to tell me that in a in a state won by fewer than 20,000 votes that you have hundreds of thousands of ballots in scrutiny and we're not allowed to talk about that? You're not allowed to redress. You're not allowed to go to your government and say, you know what? You guys need to hear me because I'm not down with this. That is your constitutionally protected right. These morons, these secretaries of states, these Shenna Bellows and Jenna Griswolds, et cetera, et cetera, who want to say to you, oh, we're protecting democracy, are doing everything to trample it. It is my 180 degree rule. I want you to hear this before we get true the vote on. This is the big news that nobody seems to want to talk about out there in the mainstream. Why ever would that be? Because all of the BS that these news outfits have been feeding you, this false narrative that they've been bribed and blackmailed into sharing with you because, oh, that's right, they're all owned by Black, BlackRock and Vanguard. Oh, so weird, right? The big story is this. This lawsuit in Georgia against Stacey Abrams, Mark Elias, and fairfight.org. I'm going to give you, again, top-line bullet points before we bring Catherine on. Here's your story. Gatewaypundit.com. Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote won the lawsuit in Georgia against Stacey Abrams, Mark Elias, and the far-left fair fight organization in a landmark election case landmark election case what makes it so well here's the news a decisive triumph in this legal battle against the biden department of justice a federal court in the northern district of georgia affirmed that citizens have the right to lawfully petition their government in support of election integrity without fear of persecution or prosecution three freaking years this woman has been embroiled in a lawsuit with these clowns who will stop at nothing to protect their cheat this case wasn't about relitigating the results of 2020. It wasn't about changing who the, who the rightful occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is. It is about affirming your constitutionally protected right to speak up and say something because they want you silent. All of the strong arm messages that we've seen most of which from the doj the fbi rolling in with dudes dressed in black swat teams with rifles and shields and body armor and 50 dudes 
to take one pro-life guy, father of seven, out of his home, right? The optics are the message. You're next. You better shut your mouth. Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips did not. They pushed it. They fought for you and me against a corrupt government. And they won. Can, can you imagine that this is, that this is where we are? Can, can you imagine the hundreds of thousands of dollars that these people had to spend to defend their right? At issue was True the Vote helping Georgia citizens who saw something on election night and said something on election night. In needed representation, how do we go about investigating this? Please help us. And when Catherine Engelbrecht did go in and she said, all right, we're going to help you do this. All of a sudden, she got sued by Stacey Abrams, the perennial election denier sniveling twit, Stacey Abrams, race baiting, vile human being. Who wants to say that she's worried about democracy? No, they're worried about their own fraud. And they're covering their own rear ends. In a resounding vindication, True the Vote defended successfully its actions of December of 2020, aiding Georgia citizens in filing elector challenges based on data showing more than 364,000 voters appeared to be ineligible to vote due to a change in residency. Not only do they have dead voters all over the place, not only do they have ineligible voters, they have voters who are dropping 5, 10, 20, 50 different ballots in the drop boxes. These are the people who uncovered the video, the geo-tracking, the geo-locating, cell phone data that showed 2,000 mules. That is the data that Dinesh D'Souza went on to use. That video, of course, taken down by YouTube. What are you all so afraid of? When America just wants the truth and the government answers, you can't handle the truth. That means we're going to go down if you learn the truth and we will stop at nothing to prevent that from happening. We're getting rich. We've got insider trading out the freaking wazoo. We have to protect this. Why do you think these folks in Congress are so opposed to term limits? Because if you've got a finite amount of time to get rich friends off of a congressperson's salary of, what, $175,000? It's a lot of money to a lot of folks. But when you can go in making 175 and you can leave 30 years later with 80 million, you going to vote for term limits? I would. Wow. Is this going to be an interview? Do not miss it, ladies and gentlemen. What this victory in Georgia is all about and why it means everybody's paying attention to this next presidential election. Good luck, leftists. Good luck with that. You're tiled into the Wendy Bell Radio program right after this.